understand that when, when we keep to ourselves the resources that are supposed to move the kingdom forward, even yourself, you expose yourself. The, the, the mother guy said to Esther, do not think that now you are in a pleasant place. Do not think that now you are the queen. Do not think that now you are preserved. You will be preserved. He says, God will bring and will give us deliverance. It will come from somewhere. But do not think you and your household, you will be safe. Life has its way to humble us. And I usually say, do not allow life to humble you. Humble yourself. And one part of humbling yourself is to recognize the Lord has blessed me. I have a covenant with the Lord. And part of the covenant is to enable the church to be able. Emmanuel Christian Church, when, when we made the decision, we, we have done quite a lot in terms of where the church wants to go and what we believe the church is supposed to do. One part that we realize is that the further we move and we start to push strongly towards discipleship, towards building churches, towards doing the work of the ministry, creating and preparing a next generation, the less resources are made available for us to do the work of God. I don't know if you heard what I said. Yes. When I was preaching prosperity and whatever, the resources were there. What were we using the resources for? Just play. I was saying to the pastors yesterday in the morning prayer, I, I could have one church. I could have one church. And live my life until 60, 65. Save as much as possible. Grow some belly. And then the day I die, I don't care what happens to you. Because when the, when, when the pastor dies, the church disappears. Not the Manu Christian church. My presence or my absence, this church will succeed. The pattern, it is done. That's why I say, give us three to five years. You will notice that will just become figures. Your presence, your absence, or your presence might not really mean much. Because the church is taking in a nature of Christ. It's self-sustaining. But I'm saying to you, until you come to that understanding how far the church has moved, I want you to make a conscious decision. I will finance the kingdom. I will use my resources to make sure that the church moves forward. Very few churches do the work we do. Very few. It's just personality, personality uh, activity that is happening in the church. I just come, preach as powerful as I can, and then from there, everybody else bows their head and say, oh, man of God, you are powerful. And I say, of course, yes, I'm anointed. Hallelujah. Uh, sorry. But my, my take with you is God has a plan for your life. When you enter into the covenant and you intentionally, financially support the work that we do, the church is able to move forward and you are able to do extraordinary work for us. Hallelujah. And then in the process, God blesses you. Now, Jesus said to Peter, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You are part of the people that enables us and enables the church so that the kingdom of darkness will not prevail against us. Most parents don't get it. 
until their children start to grow. When you have small babies, uh, Willis, your boy, how old? Six. He's a, he's a darling boy. He climbs the tree, he falls down, he cries, and that's it, and he's happy. You see. But when the child reaches a certain age, that's when your prayers change. You see, because the same wildness that you had is starting to manifest. You, you get it? You start to see yourself in your own children. I'm telling you the truth. Oh, you think you are nice. You will see it. You think your parents were unreasonable. Your children are coming. You will come with your, your, your pitched up uh, university motivation. It will not work. <laughs> you, you will come with those. They will not work. They will listen to you. And you think they are listening. And when you finish, it's then that you realize you said nothing. <laughs> so the only thing that will preserve you, God promised Abraham. And even when God was speaking with Abraham, he says, I cannot keep things secret to Abraham. Because we have a covenant, me and Abraham. And he says his children. His what? His children. Not only in Genesis, when you go to the book of Malachi, the same is true. Chapter 2, God speaks there and he says, don't you know you have a covenant between yourself and your wife and that you may raise a righteous offspring? How do you raise it? By keeping the covenant. When you don't keep the covenant, you are exposing yourself. You are doing what? Exposing yourself. Okay, let's get going uh, to our time. Listen, you have to make the decision. I'm a covenant keeper. It's not about your budget. Most people make the mistake. I say, I don't budget. My budget works differently. My budget, number one, I pay God. I pay my tithes. That's my budget. It's there. Non-negotiable. Number one, I pay my tithes. Number two, I pay myself. Can you say, I pay myself? Most people never pay. When I say pay yourself, I'm not talking figuratively. I mean, when you get paid, month ends. Let's use a, a common figure that everybody will understand. Let's say you are paid 10000 just to make it simple for us. When I get my, my money, the, the, the thousand is the tithe that I give to the Lord. It's not negotiable. Number two, I pay myself. I advise everybody, I say, pay yourself 20%. You pay yourself how much? So what is 20% of 10000 2,000, isn't it? So I will take 2,000 and open an account and put it there so that I can be able to save money to buy myself the things that I will need, the house, the deposit for the house or whatever, buy bricks, buy land, whatever, but I will put money aside. I'll, I will always have a pocket. I, uh, maybe I, I will teach next week, I'll see, on pockets. You see, my, the way I'm dressed, how many pockets do you think I have? The jacket has got one, Three, four, five. My pen. How many? One, two, three, four. How many pockets all in all do I have? Nine pockets. What are they for? Most people have got pockets, but they don't know what their pockets exist for. My turn in life is when I learned 
this principle I'm teaching you that pay God, pay yourself. So I, I'm starting to create a pocket. When I pay myself 20%, I'm creating a pocket. So I'm left with how much on the total money that I have? 7,000. The 7,000, it means I'll pay rent and pay all my loans and anything if ever I have. Whatever accounts I have, I will pay out of seven. So my life is not measured on 10,000. My life is measured from 7,000. So I will not go and hire a flat I cannot afford. I've taught people how to create more pockets. Another pocket you can do, you can go and hire a two and a half flat. You stay in a half with your wife. And you rent the other two rooms. You get it? They stay there. It's a pocket. You are creating another pocket so that you can live free. You don't pay rent. You live for free. Unfortunately, you don't understand. Because you are thinking, most Africans, they have low self-esteem. You know, low self-esteem. They will do things they cannot afford. To kill themselves. But they are thinking they are impressing the people. That they are rich and doing well. You get it? So if I stay in one room, and other people are using my house, I mean, I'm, I'm building some pockets. I'm adding, all these pockets must have something in them. Because there's going to be a day. But most people have one, just one pocket. And their one pocket is always empty. You get it? So, after I've labored and I've done that, then I understand the seven that is left is just left for my daily activities. So, I'm not going to waste my resources. And then I start to build slowly and create an environment. There's one part that I've been taught. I think I taught just one person. Uh, when you really get into the mega bucks, when you really are making big, big monies, uh, there is another way of doing it. But if one talks about it, people want to go to the mega bucks, and you can't go to the mega bucks unless you specialize. He who's faithful with the least is as well faithful with much. Why people are poor? They are poor because the, the main driving force, they want to make money. And if your main driving force is to make money, you will not have it. We have seen billionaires suffer greatly because the main driving force is for them to make money. And if at the, end, the ultimate, they started well, but as time went on, they got into the competition, they want to be the top dog, so in the process, they lose. I mean, we can talk Steinhoff, South African company. We can talk about the accounting firm. What do we call it? The one that was helping the Guptas. KPMG and so forth. They moved away from the main purpose of what they were doing. And then they started to focus on other things. But my take with you is you have a covenant. Stay within the covenant. When you stay within the covenant, we will teach you the next step is this. The next step is that. The next step is that. And then in the process of doing that, you'll start to realize that there is very little contribution that you have to do for things to maintain themselves. You don't have to do much. May the Lord have mercy. Okay, a few points. And uh, we have communion today, so then we will have communion together. A covenant that the Lord has with us demands that we come out of the system of the world. You cannot pursue Babylon or Egypt systems and accept them to work the same way. That's why when we bless people, the few people, we have our latest bride. Have you seen her, please? 
Let them. Can you stand, madam? Mrs. Mrs. What is your surname now? Mama Bolo. Is she not lovely? Hallelujah. You see, I know I'm quoting you. Don't feel it. Don't feel uh, anyway. Thank you, please. Take your seat. Hallelujah. Now, now, you have to understand this, that when we blessed her, when we were blessing her, there is a one blessing in the book of Deuteronomy 28. And I want you to understand that blessing. The blessing says, you will lend to many, but you will not borrow. Can you go there, Deuteronomy 28? What is the verse? Verse 7, verse 8. Uh, it says, you will lend. Uh, and the Lord will cause thy enemies that rise against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before you. I mean, already, this is powerful. No enemy can stand against you. Verse, 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 verse 9. I think it's verse 7. Okay, let me see. Okay, verse, let's go back to verse 8, please. Verse 8, it says, The Lord shall command a blessing upon thee in thy storehouses. What is a blessing? We spoke about the blessing. We talked about the blessing. We said the blessing means what? To be blessed means what? To be marked by the blood. The Lord will mark you so that you will be blessed. Not all of us are marked. I don't know you understand. Yes, you can stand on the queue. Sometimes I stand on the queue and somebody comes and says, Pastor, not you. You get it? Are we not all human? People will make it noise. And the person will say, this is my pastor. He will not queue. I was in a specific place. They told me, when you come to this place, please don't come anymore. Phone. Phone. We will come. We will come to you. It says, the Lord, the Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, in all that thou uh, settest thine, thine hand unto and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Verse 9. And the Lord shall establish thee, holy people unto himself, that he has shown unto thee, and thou shalt keep the commandment of the Lord. Verse 10. I am looking for my verse. I don't see it. And all the people of the earth shall, shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and shall be afraid of thee. Verse 11, please. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous cattle, the land. Verse 12, please. And the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heavens to give rain, and shall bless all the work of thy hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations. And thou, no, 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 you are too quick. That's our verse. Thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not what? Shall not borrow. Can you tell your neighbor, thou shalt not borrow. This is part of the covenant. But when you don't do the covenant, what do we do? When you don't do the covenant, what do we do? We borrow. I had a group of people in the church who were having morning prayer or one of the days, and I was asking how many of them have loan. It was only one or two people who didn't have loan. Even a student have a Nesfas, a Nesfas loan. You get it? I was asking, do you have a loan? Do you have? We, because we are taking the scripture. Do you have, do you have, do you have, do you have, yeah, 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 Everybody almost. Do you believe this verse? Oh, it's fictitious. This is malicious. This is uh, Sister, Mrs. Mamabolo. Do you believe the verse? 
It's recent. We, we just prayed over your life. It's recent. Do you believe it? Yeah. You must believe it. You shall learn to many, but you shall not what? You shall not borrow. It should be part of our reason why the covenant must continue. To say, Lord, in the midst, while I'm still borrowing, I'll keep the covenant. Take me out of the environment I've, I found myself in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, church. Jesus, when Jesus died, he died so that we will do well. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. I will close there. We don't have time. We have to pray for people. Second Corinthians. Faith brings us to a place. When we believe in Jesus, we are guaranteed of a tremendous breakthrough, not only in healing, but in material things. It is the desire of God that the blood of Jesus that has touched us, we have been marked to prosper. We have been marked to succeed. We have been marked to live a healthy life. We have been marked by the blood of Jesus that we may excel. And this is what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, though he was what? Though he was rich, yet for your sakes, can you look at your neighbor and say, for your sake? Can you say it again? For your sake. Can you say it again? For your sake. Yes. For your sake, Jesus became poor. For your what? For your sake. Jesus became what? Poor. That ye, that you, through his poverty, you may become what? rich. That you through his poverty you may become rich. If we had the time, we'll go to Ecclesiastes chapter 10. It says, it says, cursed is a man, cursed is a nation whose people is the son of the poor. Most of our leaders in Africa are peasants. Most of our presidents, they come from a very poor, poor background. So when you put them in the place of power, they start eating. I don't know you get it. I think South Africa, we are living it, isn't it? They start doing what? They eat. They never stop eating. They eat even what is not their own. They go far beyond. Somebody amasses billions of dollars for themselves. One person, one person, one person amasses billions of dollars for himself. Just one person. And he's just, he's just happy as long as him, his wife, his children. You as a Christian, you must pass this. I want to challenge you. The Bible says Jesus became poor because of the blood that has touched us. We have been marked that we may succeed and we may prosper. But the covenant has conditions. The condition of the covenant is that we keep the covenant ourselves. We pay the tithe. We give our offerings to prove our love for God. We do all of these things so that God will prosper us. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you to pray for yourself. I want you to come before the Lord and to ask God's grace upon your life. To say, Lord, touch my life that I may be a covenant keeper. When the church changed, when the church changed, when the church made the decision to win souls, to disciple, people stopped 
giving their tithes. People stop being generous. The work is continuing, but the work is stifled because there are no resources. But the Bible tells us God has blessed us through Jesus. He marked us with his blood. And the Bible says, and all those who received Jesus, all those who received him, he gave them the right to be called children of God. I want to say to every person, maybe you are a visitor coming here. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have an everlasting life. God has a plan for your life. I want to pray with you. If you are here this morning, you say, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus. I want to be born again. I want to be a child of God. I'll ask of you just to lift up your hand and we'll pray together. Is there somebody this morning? I want to receive Jesus. I want to be born again. I want my life to be made right with God. I no longer want to play because Jesus came. The Bible says even though he was God, he reduced himself. He came in the form of, of a man. And not only of a man, he reduced him to a place of a slave. He gave up his life that through his life you may have life. Is there somebody this morning who say, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus. I want my sins to be forgiven. I want to be a child of God. Just lift up your hand so that I can see you and we can pray together. I want to receive Jesus. I want to make right with God. I want to be born again. Can you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this great salvation. Today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I confess, I am a sinner. I need a Savior. Lord, forgive me all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Today, I speak with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe with my heart that you raised him from the dead. I thank you, Father, for your way says, if I pray this prayer, I will be saved. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that is able to wash my sins. I plead this morning, wash my sins away. Wash me with your blood. In Jesus' name. Can you say Satan? Today, I divorce you. I cut ties with you. In the name of Jesus. I'm a child of God. Can you say Holy Spirit? I thank you for your presence. Lead me and guide me to righteousness. That I may keep the covenant. That I may be a covenant keeper. That I may enjoy the goodness of your blessing. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Can we give a powerful clap offering to the Lord? We are going to have communion this, this morning. The book of Exodus chapter 12 verse 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and beasts. This was done because of the covenant. This was done because of the agreement. May God smite all your enemies in the name of Jesus. I said may God destroy all your opposition in the name of Jesus. May 
the difficulty, the hardship that you go through, the pain. Maybe you are going through sickness. Maybe you are going through a time of depression. May the Lord destroy it in the name of Jesus. It says, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and beasts, and against all the gods of Egypt. May God judge all the gods that are standing against you in the name of Jesus. And he says, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. I want you to pray for yourself. This is a good time to ask for forgiveness. This is a good time to come before the Lord to repent for having been inconsistent with tithes, having been inconsistent with your love for God, having been inconsistent in your prayers. I was talking to somebody and uh, I, I was encouraging him. He says, he says, you know, one day is hot and one day is cold. But he says, I've got more days of cold than more days of hot. And I said, you need to create that within your heart to be consistent. Hallelujah. That's how the covenant is built. The covenant is built on consistency. Praise the Lord. So we're going to have the bread and the wine. We are coming together before the Lord to say, Lord, we renew our covenant. Jesus said, I'll be present with you when you do this. And even today, if you are sick in your body, this is a great time to receive healing. If you are going through a hard time, the testimony that people give, we have had so many testimonies of people who find jobs mysteriously that God just opened the door, they went in. There are people that God has healed mysteriously. I want you to come as you have communion. Come if you are sick in your body, whatever disease it is. Maybe you, have, you are desiring to have a child. This is a good, good place to say, Lord, even today, as I break bread, as I drink the wine, I thank you. May you bless my family. May you bless us with the fruit of the womb. Maybe you are looking at your circumstance. You have been working all these years. But there is nothing to show for it. This is the time to come before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm making right with the covenant. Maybe all these years, all this time, you have been eating the, 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 the tithes. This is the time to come before the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me. For the Bible is very clear that struggle will come your way. To say, Lord, may this struggle end here. As of today, I'm making a new vow, a commitment to be faithful to you. Hallelujah. Can we come... Can we bow our heads together as we pray?